I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 255 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we cover why hobby podcasting doesn't necessarily mean free podcasting. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we get automatic with our downloads. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we reach into our Discord server grab bag to discuss some recent comments. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes, and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 255 of Better Podcasting. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is the fantastic SP. You know, this is a great time to be podcasting because I know it's not the subject of the show, but we're in the cusp of the start of the space tourism race, Mm -hmm. basically. And what that means, Steven, in context with this show is pretty soon we're going to get a podcast by hobby podcasters in space i like it that's gonna happen one day i'm a very very rich hobby podcaster <laughs> uh, talk, yeah talking about money and podcasting that would definitely be have to be rich because each seat would be i don't know 250 500 000 us dollars and then you have to make sure that all the gear is space certified and everything and you only get four minutes in space to record your podcast so it's going to be a micro episode I can, I can bring it back to podcasting. So this, this is an example on how some hobbies spend their money and their excitement is, is, you know, they're basically going to space as a hobby. That's what space tourism is. Here I am excited that my chair mat finally arrived after a month of ordering it. Seriously, I'm through the moon that I have my full-size chair mat again. My full-size one broke a while ago. In the meantime, I could only get a small one. I've mentioned before, I work at home, so I needed a chair mat. And now my full one, that took forever to show up, arrived, and and I can wheel all over the place while we record SP. Whee! <laughs> so it's kind of like you're in podcast-free, I don't know, scoot? Free scoot, I guess? Yes. Not free fall. This has been better free scooting podcasting. Let's go ahead and move on to the main topic. Please. In recent episodes, you may have noticed that we've been focusing a lot on some of the more recent changes in the world of hobby podcasting. These changes have made podcasting much more accessible to podcasters, especially hobby podcasters. Things that once required huge amounts of technical knowledge and expertise are now just easily accessible through a few button clicks. However, even with all of these changes and developments and evolutions in podcasting, there's still one thing that we firmly believe about hobby podcasting. And that is the fact 
that hobby podcasting does not equal free podcasting. While the cost of podcasting has changed significantly since we started Better Podcasting, we still do believe that for an average person to do a quality hobby podcast, there has to be an expectation of spending money to a degree. And that's why in today's episode, we want to talk about some of the expectations that we think hobby podcasters should have for their hobby in the terms of paying money towards their podcast endeavors. SP, why don't you kick us off here? Podcasting has been made incredibly easy to start with some innovative services and applications relatively in the last couple of years. If you happen to have a smartphone, you have a built-in podcasting machine. Not everybody has one. We understand that, and that's okay. But odds are, if you are listening to this episode, you have access to some sort of device to make a podcast. Might not be the case, but the odds will be in your favor. Now, using your smartphone, you could easily use an app like Anchor to record and publish your show and episode through it. But just because you can use your smartphone to make your podcast doesn't mean we advocate actually doing it at least not yet. In order to make a better show that can compete in the current podcasting marketplace, you're going to have to have to step it up a notch from just using just your smartphone with no microphone attached to it. You probably will need better voice recording technology. You probably will need to edit your show for content, crutch words, or to remove mistakes. You might possibly want to connect to co-hosts or guests that are not in the same room as you are, which is made easily throughout other devices than a smartphone. Don't worry, though. There are a ton of devices, services, and applications to help you with all of this. You're not going to need a full professional studio to start. Heck, even the setups that Stephen and I use aren't necessarily just to start podcasting. But unless you already have access to media production tools and software, which some people do, this means your podcast is going to require resources more commonly referred to as money, just to enable podcasting on a week-to-week basis. Now, how about the other aspects of podcasting? We'll go for a domain name. That's commonly referred to as a URL. It's the www.yourhobbypodcast.com part of your podcast. Or how about a website or a landing page, as we commonly refer to them, such as a WordPress site or Maybe your media host that you host your podcast episodes with, they offer you a landing page or maybe something like Squarespace you can use. Now that we mention it, unless you are really techie and keep up with all the coding and security patches, you should look into a podcast media hosting service. Now, we mention these services all the time on our show. Some quick examples are Pinecast, Podbean, or Captivate. We mentioned about a specific digital audio workstation or DAW last week called Audacity. Now, Audacity is free, but it's starting to use what is now known as telemetry in its most current versions to access some personal identification data like your IP address. And perhaps you need more from your DAW than what Audacity has to offer anyway if you multi-track. So now you need to look at into a DAW or at least an editing app for your mobile devices, maybe one that you can put a plugin into. Audacity is pretty adept with most of the multi-tracking and plugins out there, but there are some cases that it just doesn't do what you need it to do. 
We know what you're thinking right now, by the way. Wow. That's a lot, guys. And come to think of it, it is. We're talking about microphones, audio interfaces, or a digital audio recorder. We're talking about your online connection or recording service, your podcast domain name, your website, your media hosting, production software, and a mobile device or a computer or something to actually make your podcast with. And that's just part of the podcasting iceberg above the waterline. And for those of you that don't know, icebergs are bigger under the waterline than they are above the waterline. We haven't even discussed online storage, online backup services, speakers, headphones, lighting, glare reduction glasses, room audio treatments, content enabling payments, and potential travel. All or most of these things are going to cost money. And we here at Better Podcasting expect that you will have to pay money to enable your podcasting hobby every month, every year, and in some cases, every few years or more for major purposes. That's setting the stage here. Now, Stephen, what happens when you try to podcast for free? Well, this is where the struggle is born for a lot of hobby podcasters. And that's having a budget to podcast with versus just trying to flat out podcast for free. Podcasting for the long term, trying to keep the hobby free will have a long-term detriment on your hobby endeavors. Eventually, odds are there will be a significant challenge that will be made significantly easier by just simply throwing some cash towards it. Let's say, for example, that you've been podcasting for free with your co-hosts who are geographically separated from you by streaming through, let's use the StreamYard free plan as an example. This is actually definitely a viable option and something that SP does. He does this for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's how he connects with his his co-hosts. And before that, before he used StreamYard, he used Hangouts on Air. And before that, SP used Blab. So what's this common theme here that we're talking about? Well, it's that SP has basically been on an evolution of using free services that eventually were sunset. And while these services sunset did sometimes give them notice, like Hangouts on Air, which gave quite a bit of time. In other cases, sometimes free services are sunset without any warning. A couple examples of that, Blab basically was, hey, here's a post, we're not doing that anymore. As well, we used to use for our live chat when we do stream the show, we used to use a platform called Chatwing, which was an embeddable neutral chat service that we would put on there that people could come while we were recording and chat with other people. That just went away with no notice at all. There's actually never even been an acknowledgement from the people that bought it that it went away, but that's what happened. So what happens in the StreamYard example if StreamYard all of a sudden sunsets or removes the free streaming option or possibly basically cripples it to the point that it's not really functional each week for his purposes? Well, SB would have to either get more complicated or start using something that is taking the place of the free option. So he might go and try to figure out a very complicated route to keep not spending any money, or he might just go pay for that higher tier in the StreamYard platform. If SP didn't have a budget for podcasting, there's a good chance that if all of a sudden StreamYard free stopped happening, that it would prevent SP from being able to continue podcasting until he figured out the technicals in and outs of using something like OBS or Discord and hoping that at that moment, all of his family is not using all of his bandwidth and he has enough bandwidth to be able to podcast. 
it would possibly be a very complicated thing if he didn't have that budget to simply go with a paid option. Now, to be clear, StreamYard has not said anything about free going away. We want to get that out there right here and right now. But it's an example of a free service that one of us uses and how we use that free service, which is considering that it could go away eventually or be a just paid option. Now, having a budget is easy here because I could then replace StreamYard with a paid plan, as Stephen was saying, or just convert it to a service such as Restream, which is another paid option. There are other examples as well. For example, on the next step here, let's say you start podcasting by using your smartphone microphone to record your audio, something we talked about in the previous section. But after you post your first episode, you listen to it on your smart speaker at home or through your home media center or in your car and you hear terrible echo. It might be listenable, but it's a great example of annoying reverb. Some listeners might check out your phone, your, your podcast that you made through your phone and never come back if the echo is distracting enough. It might be technically listenable audio, but for all intents and purposes, some listeners, it could be deemed unlistenable. But by spending a little money on a USB dynamic microphone that can connect to your phone, tablet, laptop, or desktop PC, you can enable much better sound quality. These microphones are, for example, the Shure MV7, the Samsung Q2U, or the Audio-Technica ATR2100X. And unfortunately, as with all electronic hardware, something could happen to the microphone months or years later. So having the cash available to purchase a new microphone or a replacement microphone if yours stops working is a great idea, too. Now, these microphones aren't free, but they can improve your audio quality and make your audio more appealing to listeners. At least hopefully they won't just leave due to bad audio. It's doubtful that people will come to your show just because you have excellent audio, but they will leave due to bad audio. So you have to make sure that you have listenable audio that's not bad. Let's go on to another example. Let's say you start on a free media host. Now, a few weeks or months later, the dreaded terms of service for that media host changes, or maybe the free plan is discontinued, or maybe the service goes away completely. All have happened recently in the last, I would say, 18 months, actually. You can spend time moving your podcast to another free media service, hopefully being able to put in place an RSS redirect and hope you don't lose any subscribers in the process, and hopefully they fit into your existing workflow without requiring significant modification when you move to the new media host. Or you could just maximize a more limited plan on a reputable media host, such as the lower tier plans on Libsyn or Podbean. Now, while Libsyn does have a limited plan, it's $5 a month. It is limited in its functionality and the amount you can upload every month. Similarly, Podbean has a $9 a month plan if you pay it all in front for the annual purpose. And if you don't, it's $14 a month and it is still limited. You only can upload five hours of audio every month with that. Now, both of these services have been stable for years. And while nothing is for certain, both companies will probably be in existence for a few years yet to come. So we would recommend budgeting for a paid podcast media hosting service each month or every year and avoid the hassles and uncertainties of a free podcast media hosting service. 
Now, one of the biggest examples we see in hobby podcasting is sudden hardware problems that emerge in a podcaster's studio. One day your equipment is working fine, and the next minute it's not working at all. It's kind of like podcasting with Steven. One minute he's adding productive commentary to the subject at hand. The next minute he's off the rails talking about moose, meese, maple syrup, and moosey maple syrup, and sometimes meesey maple syrup. And just like that, with the equipment scenario, you're left extremely irritated and wondering what went wrong in your endeavors to lead to this point. But we digress. Back to the failed gear scenario. Let's say instead of sitting down and taking the time to troubleshoot which piece of equipment actually failed, the podcaster in question just assumes it's the cheapest piece of gear in their setup and just orders a new one. Although in some cases, this might actually work since cheap gear tends to fail more often. In most cases, the failed hardware is actually something else. A good example is a podcast who is having audio issues and decides to replace their cheaper one channel. Let's say it's a $100 USB audio interface. But as it turns out, the real issue is with their $200 DBX-286X. I feel like you're, uh, you're, you're drawing from personal experience there about the failed DBX-286. I have had a failed DBX-286S, but I did actually go back and troubleshoot to find out you what did. it was. You did, I did. yes. Okay. <laughs> so now for our example, though, the hobbyist who was trying to save $100 by getting a new audio interface ends up paying a total of $100 more to solve the true issue for a total of $300. All new equipment, but end up paying $300 versus just the $200 for the new DBX-286S. Plus, the podcaster now has one too many audio interfaces. Now, taking the time to troubleshoot and replace the actual failing piece of gear, even if it's more expensive, ends up saving the hobby podcaster more over time. And more importantly, allowing yourself to accept that it might not be the cheapest thing to fix the problem. Now, we are both great examples of trying to podcast on the cheap, right, Stephen? Yeah, if I recall correctly, uh, it took you many, many years to move from a certain starting headset. Is that right? That's right. When I first started podcasting in 2011, I used a USB chat headset for a few years, and the real podcasters that I was co-hosting with or guest hosting with were really annoyed and I just didn't understand at the time why they were but I actually went to a dynamic microphone a few years later and everybody was like oh. everybody was happy now while I did that Stephen is the cord splitter king or at least he was yes ab absolutely I, I for a long long time refused to invest in a proper Proper piece of equipment. We won't specify what it was. Instead, opting to use lots of different splitters and different adapters and different cables that should never have been in an audio situation, but they were. And, and eventually I said, this is silly. Let's get some real equipment, maybe a headphone amplifier and some other things. Yeah, well, what were some of the detriments of you using those cheap splitters because they actually affected the performance of your show, right? Absolutely, because here's the thing, is when I was doing things the way it wasn't supposed to be with multiple adapters, ended up having a lot of noise added in there. If one thing went wrong, it affected all of the other things. Sometimes you would get feedback going from one to another. It just, 
was a bad situation to be in. And I was very, very kicked. I, I kicked Stephen of yesteryear's rear end for these problems. So by using the right equipment, like a multi-channel audio interface or a multiple channel headphone amp or an honest to goodness power strip versus the wall warts that you were using back in the day, it can actually give you the correct capability and output from your hardware. But let's move on to another consideration where hobby podcasters might try to save money in the wrong place. Let's flip back to an earlier example, media hosts. Let's say you actually do have a paid podcast media hosting service. And let's say you podcast in seasons. After your first season, you decide to take a couple months off while you take some time off and plan season two. During this time period, though, you have this great idea on how to save money and stop paying your podcast media hosting service. In turn, your podcast media hosting service deletes your account, including your RSS feed. So all your episodes, your RSS feed, everything. A few months later, you try to log back into your account, pay your bill to start up season two, but your account isn't there. And somebody else took your RSS feed and you can't get it back. So just be aware, if you don't budget in to maintain your podcast, it is going to cease to exist. Now, I am able to maintain my older shows through Libsyn accounts by changing the plan to the lower $5 a month plan. You can go up and down the tiered plans in Libsyn every month. They'll let you do that. And Stephen, your option is to maintain your podcast by self-hosting, although you do have to pay for that hosting fee. Yes, which again, if you're only serving up a small amount of traffic, then you, you can maybe scale back the web hosting. It's the same idea. And we're talking about shows that are in hiatus or have closed or pod faded or whatever. So either way, by paying for your podcast hosting, even when you are on a break, saves you from so many issues later. I hear a lot of examples of people wanting to get back into podcasts years later, and they find out that they can't recoup their old show because it's gone. Now, the last example we'll get in today is promotion. Now, we've hit promotion pretty hard in 2020 and 2021 for the hobby podcaster. We talk about it quite often. Simply put, the days of free promotion and the exposure are gone for the free social media areas. Now, while you probably still do need some sort of social media presence, and these accounts should all be free, by the way, more than likely, you will have to spend money on targeted promotion opportunities. And this is like commercials on other podcasts or ads placed through podcast listening apps. I wouldn't recommend this per se, but you could put an ad on a social media service as well, or you can pay some celebrity to hawk your stuff, you know, what, whatever, put a billboard up, whatever. It's going to cost you money to do any of that. If you want to grow your show in 2021, you'll end up spending a little cash, which is the opposite of free podcasting. You are going to have to spend some money on promotion. So, Stephen, while we've been talking about you have to spend money on your hobby podcast, we do think it's okay to explore how to save money. Absolutely. Because as much as we've tried, money does not, and sit down for this one, but money does not, in fact, grow on the hobby podcasting tree. Ooh, I didn't know that. Right. You probably haven't even planted your hobby podcasting tree yet either, but I don't I know how to. It's digital. How, how do I plant a tree digitally? I, I've tried and the money is not growing. And oh, I know. 
you have to do it on Farmville, which doesn't exist anymore. That's true. Uh, also, by the way, my illegal moose maple syrup smuggling business also isn't working out. So another source of easy revenue also I gone. I would think that would be a sure thing up in Canada. And also, as an FYI, even well-off professionals who are doing podcasting or, you know, hobby podcasting, even though they're well-off, uh, they only have so much money that they can spend or dedicate to their podcast show. So really looking to save money is a worthwhile option, especially for hobby podcasters. But we just want to say, don't put your show into paralysis because you are looking to reduce your show's budget so much that it hurts you instead. Now we know what you're saying. You're saying, Stephen and SP, but podcasting is a hobby of mine. How does that stack up to other hobbies? And if you're not saying that, just go with us on this. It, it makes for a better script. Yeah, you just pretend you are, right? Yeah. Well, let's through, run through some other hobbies that some folks might have that also cost uh, a couple of maple syrup scented dollars. I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. I, the first one that comes up, it was skydiving. So how much does skydiving cost? And it turns out it's about $250 or $300 a jump. And that is if you're certified to have your own equipment or whatever. That's literally taking the ride up on the plane. You jump out and that's what it is. So some people like to skydive. That's what it is per jump. And some people do multiple jumps per day. Some people just do one jump a week or one jump a month or something like that. It is weather dependent. But OK, we're talking about real cash that starts to add up over time. Wine collecting. I'm old. I hear a lot about wine and finer wines and people going to wine tasting and stuff like that. I'm like, where, what, what happened to you? All of a sudden we're talking about wine. And then I was like, okay, so how much is that bottle of wine? My coworker said a thousand dollars. Just said a thousand bucks. Okay. We're older, but it's still a hobby and it's costing a thousand dollars. Meanwhile, I, to increase my HDL cholesterol by my doctor was told to have one glass of red wine per night. What do I do? the $20 box wine. So no, no $1,000 bottle of wine for me for that. Just $20 box wine is fine. Now, I have gone to professional sporting events before, definitely pre-COVID. I haven't ever had season tickets, but I bought a lot of individual game tickets. So what's the major sport in the United States? We'll go with the NFL. So assuming that you can go to an NFL game this fall in 2021, the average price of a ticket that's not scalped is $100 per ticket. So if you go with somebody else, it's like $200. And that's just the ticket for one game that's not including food or drink or parking or transportation. And if you happen to be across the board in Canada who does not have an NFL team yet, you're going to have to travel across the border. So that's a whole heck of a, I mean, you have to bribe people to get in the United States from Canada. I'm telling you. So that's like drives it up to, I don't know, we have 500,000 Canadian dollars. I mean, that's like 20 bucks American, right? So there. If you happen to be more athletically inclined, say you just want to do a 5K race every month or every other week or whatever, nominally an entry fee is about 20 bucks. It could be as much as 50. It depends on if it's charity or not. In addition to that, you have to buy shoes to make sure that your feet and your knees and your legs don't get all messed up. And those can run about 150 bucks. And if you're doing running enough, it gets to be every couple of months you're spending $150 on new shoes plus uh, workout 
gear, definitely cold weather gear is is uh, more expensive because there's more of it and that sort of thing. So it's a few hundred dollars a month just to run, which you would think would be free since you're outside and you're running, but it's a couple hundred bucks for that. So Steven, let's talk about video gaming. You're more of a video gamer than I am. We're both not avid gamers, but you've been playing more video games lately than me. So what is a video gamer? What, what do they have to uh, cost? What do they have to spend? On their hobby. I think video games games is a great example of a relatable hobby to podcasting because you're looking at upfront hardware costs like $500 plus for a console or a decent computer. You're looking at a recurring cost like $60 plus on a game. There's monthly associations. Maybe you have to pay for uh, an internet service to be able to game with other people at $20 plus. And there's also little things that you have to add in along the way, like gaming accessories, including headsets, controller accessories, etc., which, you know, easily can go $100 plus as well. So it's another example of, of a hobby that can add on on a recurring basis. Another hobby that we like to talk about as well is weekend RVing. If you're really a dedicated weekend RVer, you're looking at $20,000 plus for a trailer. You're looking for more to pull, pull the trailer by, say, buying a truck or something. Not to mention the gas or the campsite fees, outfitting the trailer, and of course yourself. You got to look look good as you're going camping. You got to have the propane, and also you got to pay for those apology gifts when your neighbors end up really angry at you and the adjacent campsites because your kids have been up all night fighting and you can't get them to stop. So all you do is you raise your voice and now you're the one that everybody's hearing across the campground. I digress. Sorry. So Stephen, just a little parental advice there. Benadryl in their drinks at night. That'll put them right out. They're fine. No comment. <laughs> so something that I've talked about before is sailing. So how much does sailing cost? Well, it depends. But let's just say you're on the ocean. You want to sail around to get a decent boat that's not going to kill you and is decent for like a weekend trip, kind of like an RV. You're talking nominally $50,000, but let's not get too far into this one because I can talk all day about it. So we won't go too far in depth on there. Let's talk about golfing. I know there's a lot of golfers out there. I'm not a personally an avid golfer, but my son is. So you're talking about golf clubs, talking about going out to the driving range, you're talking about the 19th hole bar tab after you get done, right? You're talking about tea times to begin with. And it's not, it's not the tea time that, you know, the drinky tea, right? We're talking about teas as in like golf teas. That all adds up over a while. And like my brother-in-law has a golf membership, part of a club. Those can run very expensive. Clubs can run a few thousand dollars a year to like multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And again, like the RVing, you got to outfit yourself. <laughs> you definitely do, including the hat with the little beanie on top. Yeah. Here's one younger kids might, uh, they might be able to identify with. Amusement parks. If you like to go to amusement parks, you're talking, you have to pay for tickets or passes every year. You're talking about the food every time you go because those pizzas are like $50 for a substandard pizza and an excessive amount of money on those no win games that your kids, if you go with your smaller kids, guilt you into playing. I mean, Steven, I've been there. I know you're going to be there at some point. It's just going to be, ugh. and if you bring the whole family, those amusement park tickets, they, they 
can get kind of costly, even if you do the annual things. Something that I used to do in my past that I want to get back into is cycling. Bicycles are just through the roof expensive, like a lot of other things are this year. Normally, you're going to pay about $2,000 just to get a decent road bike, but then you're spending, and I'm not kidding, like $500 in clothes. The shoes alone are like $150, $200 because you have to get special shoes that meet the pedals, that can clip into the pedals, that sort of thing. So you're talking a few thousand dollars to get started with cycling and to maintain that. Uh, Movie tickets, anomaly in the United States, I'd say that's $15 per person. That's just for a few hours, right? And then you have to buy all the popcorns, drinks, and candy. Uh, My mom, she's into quilting. She needs a new sewing machine or a good sewing machine for that, a quilting sewing machine. So you're talking like $1,500 for that, not to mention the material. Material Material was expensive before COVID. So there's that photography. A lot of people are great photographers, but that is one of the most individual expensive hobbies that I know of. There are camera bodies, lenses, production software, which by the way, the production software can stack up much higher than the average pay audio DAW that a hobby podcaster needs. So for photography, yeah, you can get a starter camera for a few hundred dollars, but if you're really into the hobby, you're spending a couple thousand dollars every year on hardware and then software and the software licenses and stuff like that. Wait, we're not done. Woodworking. We have listeners that have woodworking podcasts. Woodworking requires tools. Tools are expensive, especially if you go to power tools. You're talking like thousands and thousands of dollars. Now, why woodworking? You can start off with simple hand tools. It escalates everybody that I've talked to to the point where they end up spending a heck of a lot of money. Uh, motor racing, I've you know rebuilt an engine several times. It's still not working, but I've rebuilt the engine. I know how expensive this hobby can be. Just the cars alone cost a few thousand dollars, not to mention the engines. Uh, sports flying. You know, I am in a flying community. I I know a lot of pilots out there. Even if you just have your sports license and you rent a plane, you're talking hundreds of dollars for that. Not to mention the gas. Aviation fuel is expensive. You think going to the pump is expensive. You try going to the aviation fuel pump. That is really expensive. And if you do it enough, you think about buying into a plane. I have a guy I went to college with that just bought a house on an airstrip. I can't imagine how a more expensive that might be than a normal neighborhood just because it's a collective maintenance onto the actual airstrip itself. Not that the house is that much more expensive. Drone flying. Steven, you want to talk a little bit about drone flying because, you know, you do drone flying too from time to time. Yeah, because you're looking at, you know, upwards of a thousand dollars for a half decent drone. Uh, You can go less, of course, but you also have the accessories like extra batteries and controllers and also tablets you have all of these things that go with drone flying you might have to take classes and once you start to drone fly you probably want to do some videos even though it could just be for your own personal collection now you need to get some production software for the drone flying as well so drone flying can definitely add up there's a whole bunch of other hobbies that we could definitely have covered including going to space but that's where we'll leave that uh, in our current list. What do all of these hobbies have in common that we talked about, though, Stephen? Could it be that you have to spend money on them? Yes, that's right. You are spending money on your hobbies. 
So with all of this said, you might be a little uncertain about your hobby podcasting endeavors. We've basically set up the expectation today that you're going to spend money to do a hobby. You're spending money for your own recreation. Well, we definitely don't want to leave you just on that sort of rough, sharp, sharp, jagged note. So this final section, we want to just touch on some of the reasons that we think you should be okay allowing yourself to spend some money on your podcast. First, what I just said, it's your hobby. Consider this previous list that we just went over and ask yourself, putting aside all of those things that we're spending money on, what is a hobby that I could do for free? The odds are there's probably very few things that you can find as a hobby that you truly are doing 100% free. We think that it's important that every now and then people do allow themselves to spend money on some things that make them happy. This is a personal belief of SP and mine. Everyone has to work, of course, with their own budgets and their constraints. This is always important in life. We've talked about that before on the show too. But the odds are, if you are considering getting into hobby podcasting, you likely occasionally spend money on yourself that is largely for your own enjoyment. For some folks, this might be as simple as going to a coffee shop and spending a couple of bucks instead of a couple of cents to make coffee at home. For others, it could be maybe upgrading their vehicle features when they're purchasing a vehicle for something that is just purely for enjoyment. These are ideas of elsewhere in life that we might be allowing ourselves to have a, a little bit of comfort or enjoyment for a certain cost. If you truly are enjoying hobby podcasting, there is going to be a lot of time you are spending on your podcast. And ultimately, this equates to a lot of personal enjoyment. Even through that frustration, you're going to end up having a lot of personal enjoyment embarking on this hobby. If you're making an active effort to budget your hobby podcast according to your personal needs, we would encourage you to calculate the amount of time that you are spending with your hobby of podcasting. And since we always say you need to prioritize having fun, we think you should look at it from the perspective of how many hours of enjoyment am I getting out of hobby podcasting? When you stack up the costs of hobby podcasting versus the amount of hours that you are getting in enjoyment by hobby podcasting, you'll probably find that a well-budgeted podcast is probably one of the better bangs for the buck that you will get out of hobbies. SP mentioned a few earlier where you're going and you're spending a couple hours and then you're done for the month. With hobby podcasting, you're getting so many hours each week in your hobby. So think about the cost compared to those hours. We also think that having this focus can keep you enjoying your podcast and further potentially save you money in the long run. What we mean by that is, for example, Let's say that someone is feeling really resistant to spending any money on their podcast whatsoever. They might spend hours trying to research for an editing program that is completely free, but in their end, the research might not lead them to all the things that they need out of that editing program. But if they considered this idea of, well, I'm spending money for my own personal enjoyment, maybe they would have been willing to spend a few dollars, relatively speaking on some other options, and now they have a whole bunch more selection available to them, and that might have saved them all of that research time trying to look for a free solution. 
Adesh, additionally, I can really speak to this. Sometimes cheaping out does cost you money in the long run. This is one of those things where sometimes if we cheap out upfront, we find eventually we actually have to spend more money later to get what we really kind of knew we wanted up front, but then settled on a cheaper option. And then that first purchase goes to waste. But I have a bunch of cables behind me, a bunch of small adapters, a bunch of small capture things that I should just go recycle or, or, you know, let my kids take apart or something because I replaced them because I tried to cheap out up front. Yeah, as it turns out, spending money on a hobby podcast is a delicate subject. We know this because we've been talking to our listeners over the course of the last six years. So we know that spending money on a hobby podcast can get to some uh, touchy comments from computer programs and mobile apps designed to help your production processes to services actually used to distribute your episodes to the hardware used to record hobby podcasters are always looking for a great deal and it's generally free that hobby podcasters are looking for but sometimes it's worth spending money on your show to enable the production or to make the whole process easier most other hobbies require you to spend money on them as well why should podcasting be any different just make sure you are spending your podcast budget in the right places and a little goat will go a long way especially with podcasting as steven just mentioned So with that, what experiences do you as a listener here have with trying to avoid spending money on your podcast? And what did you ultimately have to do about it? Was it positive? Was it negative? Please let us know. You can contact us. Podcast at betterpodcasting.com is our email. Or you can join our Discord server conversation at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. SP, Randy Walker in our Discord server this past week put us on to this interesting news that came out of the podcast world, didn't he? He did. Honestly, I haven't been keeping track of Pocket Cast. One, I'm an Apple user, and two, I think Pocket Cast has been losing market share over the course of the last few years for a lot of different reasons. But the article was from The Verge, and it was about this automatic company. It's called Automatic. And it buy, bought Pocket Cast from the consortium that had owned it. So Pocket Cast was sold to different owners in the U.S. Uh, public broadcasting space in 2018. And one of the owners was NPR. And in the Verge article that was posted about this, NPR reportedly lost $800,000 on the app just last year. Now, even though Automatic also owns WordPress.com, Automatic already made a partnership with Anchor in February of 2021. So it's kind of head-scratching why they actually went out and bought Pocket Cast. Might it have been for some additional market share? Might it have been to get some of the coding from Pocket Cast that they could double up with Anchor? I don't know, but this is a thing that happened. There was an undisclosed amount exchanged for the purchase of Pocket Cast, And we'll see what Automatic tends to do with it in the future. One of the things that people are thinking of is because Automatic also owns WordPress.com that they're looking at some of the integration with WordPress. But again, Anchor has a partnership with Automatic to do just that. So I'm kind of scratching my head over this. And the other thing I uh, reluctantly want to mention is that Podcast has been losing 
market share and I don't know what they can do to actually monetize it versus something like Overcast, which monetizes through ad placement when you're listening through Overcast. So we'll see what happens here. Stephen, what do you think about this purchase? If I recall the history correctly, and someone might write me to Stephen at betterpodcasting.com spelled with a PH and say you're wrong. If I recall correctly, Pocket Cast has gone through a bit of a rocky road with changing their monetization. I think these were the folks that ended up um, going and trying to... Basically, they, they gave away the cow for free, and then they tried to back off of that and say, look, we can't do that. We've, we have to change our model. And then everybody complained, and they whined, and they cried. And if I remember correctly, Pocket Cast came back and kind of reversed their decision to a degree. And if I am recalling these facts correctly, everybody got what they wanted because in the end, that's what's going to happen. I've said that before. If a company takes the time to make a significant shift in their monetization model, they're not doing this willy-nilly. There's a reason they need to do that. And in the end, they've done the research and they've decided they need to make this. And, And they're not stupid. They know they'll get backlash. So. If this was the case and this was them, that's what happens. You push back, they didn't get to do what they wanted, and now they're losing money, as was said in this article, which is, again, probably why they tried to do that shift, and someone's selling it, and we'll see what happens at this point, just because the next people might not be that happy, might not, might not have the same plans for the future. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, they might, like you said, work it in elsewise, but. I don't know. I'm not really sure what this purchase says for the future of Pocket Cast. I think it's something that I'd definitely be aware of if I was using Pocket Cast quite a bit, especially given the history that I believe I'm recalling correctly. And if again, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong and sorry. Tell me where I'm wrong. I seem to recall the same things that you're talking about. And a lot of people had been using podcasts on Android as their primary podcast listening app. And I think a lot of people changed from podcasts when they went to it. So podcasts, if I remember correctly, had a premium on the uh, premium version. And then they, it was a one-time fee, but then they went to, no, we need you to pay like annually or something like that. And there was a big backlash and this something like, okay, no, you, you can have your premium version or whatever, but then they're not making any more money for uh, revisions or any revenue at all. Uh, I think additionally in the Android space that there are other options available that aren't these niche apps. Like on iOS, you have a lot of different apps, but the two biggest ones that I hear of is the podcast app that's inherent in iOS and then Overcast. I know there's others, but those are kind of like the two big ones. Over on Android, now with Google Podcasts, which is inherent in the operating system on Android, I was scratching my head for a while going, I don't understand why any app would really succeed. And this includes Stitcher, which was available on iOS, but it was made popular because it was available on Android. And for a while, it was like the way to get podcasts on Android. But you've got Stitcher, you got Pocket Cast, you got a few other apps out there on Android. And they're all competing with the big boy. They're all competing with Google, which I know we have issues with. But if you're an average 
user of an Android, the way you might listen to podcasts is through that Google app. I'll take it another level. I think Spotify has a huge, huge amount to do with this. Just because, okay. because we've seen the way that they're, they're, they're playing with Apple when it comes to competing. And that means there's people using it. And so if people are, if they're doing so well in podcasting that they're competing with Apple, then think about the market share that they've stolen from Pocket Cast. And this gets into the revenue generation uh, part of podcasting now. And as hobby podcasters, you got to think about where are people listening? They are, if they are listening through Spotify, and a lot, a lot of people are, then they're paying to get into that. And so Spotify has some revenue uh, to have your podcast on there. Now, Spotify does have uh, some agreements with podcasters out there that are exclusive to Spotify and Spotify pays them. But you or me, our shows are on Spotify. It's free content for Spotify. For you and me, it's a distribution place where there's a lot of listeners. So we want our hobby podcast out there. We're not going to get paid by Spotify any legitimate amount to really have our shows on there. Um, but if that's where it is, that's where it is. And Podcast seems to be losing. So I think it's only a matter of time before Podcast is is no longer uh, viable. But we'll see when that is. They've changed hands a couple times now in a couple years. There's COVID in there. So we'll see you in 2023, 2024 where Podcast is. Well, I wonder what our listeners had to say about this. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. After this was posted in our Discord, we had Yakko.org, actually just Yak Zero, saying, wow, looks like PowerPress is going to have some built-in competition in future version of WordPress. And that was alluding to the fact of who purchased it. But nothing confirmed, I don't think, yet about exactly what would, would be offered if or if anything will be offered, uh, which actually led to an adjacent point. We had Randy Walker say, I've been using PowerPress for a few months now, and I'm still confused. I've got the basics, but settings and options are all over the place. Oh, Randy, you are so right on this. This is long one of my frustrations with PowerPress, even though I've used it for a very long time. It is very clear to me how PowerPress has been around for a very long time. Because as we said before, to podcasts, you used to have to be very techie in order to do it in the early days of podcasting. And, and PowerPress, even though they've made changes over the years, to me, it still reeks of being built from a, a real techie perspective in, in its early days. So I 100% I agree with you, Randy. We yeah, and as somebody that tried to do a website a few years ago, I did a hand roll HTML website and then I converted to WordPress. I just, it's just too complicated for somebody that's a busy podcaster. I understand there are benefits of using WordPress and having a web page there, but I also understand it's a lot easier if you have a friend that has a website and then starts a podcast network that you can just slide <laughs> in there with. So that's what I did. Also, uh, Yakko did respond and say, yeah, initial setup can be a little confusing. After it's set up, it's pretty easy to deal with. I suggest that if you ever think you're going to have multiple shows or feeds, set up category podcasting from the start. 
then all you have to do is make a new feed is to make a new category. And if you want to get more questions or more technical about that, feel free to ask in our Discord. I, I do agree with Yako on that. Uh, even when there is a big push to get away from category podcasting with PowerPress, I stood my ground and said, no, this is a bad idea to get rid of that. And sure enough, everyone came around. Uh, but seriously, that was a good conversation we had in our Discord. And thank you, everybody, for participating in that. And if you have any other questions about PowerPress, feel free to ask. I know there's a few of us in there. Uh, Yako actually had another podcasting moment, didn't he, this week, SP? Oh, oh yeah, he did. He had a moment where his co-host didn't mention that it sounded like he was on his webcam mic until after a big interview was done. He hopes he can pull his audio from his H6 that had his mixer audio. So everybody's got their audio routed just a little bit differently. But the point here is that he did have a backup. It's just questionable whether the backup is good enough for him to use or not. He hasn't posted on whether that worked or not. I assume that the podcast has actually been posted. So we can go ask him how that went. And Randy, again, actually responded saying just had that happen a few episodes ago. Been a rough, rough uh, month, it sounds like, for the better podcasting Discord server members. I got to say, you know, when I'm in pre-show, especially if it's not a show that I, I normally do with my co-hosts, like with you or with like the ladies over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'll start talking to people and I'll be like, that doesn't sound right. Can, can you tap your microphone? I feel mm -hmm. like a dick when I do it. But if I don't do it, then while I'm there guesting on the show, it's bad for them. And so it just helps them save. So I, I don't want to be that guy that's like, you don't sound really good. But if there is a chance that it's echoey and it sounds like it's a webcam microphone or it sounds like there's two feeds coming in or something like that, I'll mention that there's something going on um, as nice as I can. And if it's on one of my shows, definitely before we go live or even if we have gone live and I'm like, notice something. Yeah, OK, I'm just going to stop the show here. Let's tap your microphone. Let's make sure that we're good and uh, go on it. If you notice that, it is up to you as a podcaster, as a co-host, as a guest to mention it to the other people. Otherwise, they might not know. Yako said, just got a Facebook email inviting me to turn on the new podcast feature on my page. It had already picked the appropriate feed for me to confirm. Just waiting to see it show up. I wonder if it will be with the next episode or just need some time. And this gets back to Facebook said, that they were going to play nicely with podcasts inside the Facebook architecture. So uh, I think it's time to go into back into our Discord and ask how it's going for everybody that did this. I, of course, don't have a Facebook account, so how would I know? Uh, and the last thing that we wanted to mention came from our live chat. If you didn't know, we know this. We do stream our show live on Tuesdays. If it's a Tuesday night, at around 8 p.m. Eastern, that's 5 p.m. Pacific time, and you find yourself near the computer, you should come over to www.geeks.live because the weeks that we're not recording this show, we're recording our companion show, Better Podcasting Live Chat. We do it at the same time on Tuesdays. So come on by every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And as we were going through the list earlier about some of the hobbies and the costs associated with it, we had wonderful Johnny Pennington who pointed out that twiddling your thumbs has a very low entrance fee. And he also mm. pointed out that whittling is also not too expensive until you cut yourself. 
I bet you something like grass chewing might actually also be in that mm. era too. That's true. That's yeah. true. I I didn't think about that. You could you could chew grass as you're whittling. You yeah. There's two hobbies rolled into one, make both better. It's true. It's true. All right, well, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this episode of Better Podcasting. If you got something you would like to say to us, please get in touch with us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com or come to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com forward slash Discord. That's spelled D-I-S-C-O-R-D. As well, if you didn't know this, SP and I do a geek show a weekly with our wonderful co-host, Chris Farrell. You should check that out. That's called the official Gunna Geek Show. We talk about some of the latest geeky things and some of the geek adjacent things. For example, on last night's episode that we recorded, we talked about the electric vehicle market because it's sort sort of something we've covered over the last many years. So come over and check that out if you want to hear SP and I talk about non-podcasting things. Chris, by the way, our co-host Chris Farrell, he is the star of the show. Let's make that clear, though. Absolutely. Wouldn't be there without acknowledging him as the star of the show. So for episode number 255 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, man, now I got to get into some grass chewing. I'm SP saying, make sure you have fun with your hobby. We'll see you everybody next time. Bye. See ya. for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.